0: Episodes of the Celebrity Air Alert. The only show on the internet. Of the, as far as I know, anywhere. The only show. Period. That gives you the up-to-the-minute gossip about all your favorite celebrities. Oh, we have stuff to tell you this week. We have one more show to do before we uh, take a break for the end-of-the-year holidays. Uh, let's start uh, messing around. Let's stop messing around. Let's get right to the stuff, shall we? So at least verbally, he's in. Uh, Gomer Pyle and the new show. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Don is in. Uh, Jim Neighbors is in. And Andy Griffith was approached by somebody, again, representing Don Knotts. And Andy has said, all right, I'll do the show as long as I can tape all the segments that I'm in. Topics, including of course how he was completely innocent of the charges, with put in jail for the past 21 years. But in the midst of the gibberish, there was a nugget of gold. He said he never invited David Cassidy to play with him, which is a flat-out lie. There were several witnesses to it. And then he went on to say he was already lining up performance venues he's calling his Manson family reunion tour. We do know that he's in in touch with at least one or two of the women who are in the so-called Manson family. Now, whether he's actually lined up performance venues or it's just one of his screwball fantasies, we don't know. Several weeks back, Jerry Lewis survived in the next The two of them met and they did interview the reporters. And they looked really super happy to be together again and everything was going really well. A really bad movie the day the clown cried that he made that's never actually been released to the public. Lewis went death though so, on the writer over the question and he just started berating him. What do you ask me about that for? You know that I've kept that movie out of public circulation, why would you do that? And he really was kind of rude, and that visibly apparently embarrassed. Word from Martin's camp is that he was absolutely disgusted by Jerry's behavior and the interest and he has told friends he wrote. Stanley Kubrick came in and he said, let me take it over. I want a complete creative control. I'll get it done. They signed that over to him. But then because he had creative control, he forced them out. He said, I'm going to make my own damn movie. So the movie is called Obsessive Behavior. It has come out now. Some people are saying it's absolutely brilliant, including Roger Ebert. Remember from Siskel and Ebert at the movies? Roger Ebert said it's the best thing Kubrick has ever done. are on the outs. Now, they both still call and operate by Vireman. But, that could be changing, we don't know because the boys are not getting old. iTunes. You can direct them towards the Google Play Store. Uh, you can tell them they can find it on YouTube, or if they happen to live in Los Angeles, they can hear it on K-Chuck Radio, AM 1630, Mondays at 1 p.m. on a show called Inspirado Projecto Radio. That's where you can find it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here next week. I am the host of Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Celebrity Afterlife Report Podcast. To ask a question about your favorite deceased celebrity, call 818-3 My Dream. 818-3 My Dream. 818-369-3732. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, extraterrestrials and prophets, we are here on yet another episode of Inspirato Projecto. And today in the studio, we we are very blessed with these uh, these spirits in the studio today. Um, returning champions, Blythe <laughs> <laughs> Baines, and uh, and also Sterling Meyer. We're gonna really light up the radio waves today about synchronicities, um, manifestation of reality, all that great stuff that really just imagine if this was actually the the main kind of information that was out there in the world in the media and the news and everything can you just imagine how much nicer everyone would be to each other how much more cooperation how much uh people would be following the golden rule man it would just be absolutely fantastic um so Blythe Baines just to give you a little background here she's um a musician we've played her music on the air before and Sterling Meyer, is, uh, she does the Art of Manifestation coaching for people on how to actually manifest things very quickly into their lives. And so um, I want to ask you first, Blythe, what, what, really, what was the, the, the first thing that really opened your eyes and made you decide to go, I'm going to start pursuing you know, the synchronicities, or these are important to me, or you know, what was the thing that made you decide to be a detective on this kind of thing?
2: So I got into manifestation by watching a couple of videos on the internet and it said to kind of like start small, uh, try to manifest a cup of coffee. And so I did that and I put out the intention to, uh, get a free cup of coffee. And then that day I ended up getting a free cup of coffee because I went to, you know, a diner and my friend ended up buying me one and it was just this crazy thing Uh, because I didn't even, you know, in my mind, it didn't even need to be that day. It could be like at any time that week. It was just, I'm like, you know, it's just going to happen at some point, but it happened that day. Uh, and then the next day I was like, I want to manifest some free guacamole and chips. And, um, I went to this, you know, Mexican place and they've never given me anything free before. And that day the guy was like, today it's free for you. So it was really crazy, and I was like, okay, this has to be real. <laughs> and It was almost like, I don't know, like beginner's luck, the universe trying to show me this is real, um, you know, so pay attention to it.
1: Well, what do you think was the next thing that you tried? Did you start going, you know,
2: uh, yeah, like no, bigger definitely. and
1: bigger, kind of uh, loftier ideas? I got really ideas? into
2: manifesting jewelry. Uh, like, I, I feel like I'm really good at manifesting jewelry because I think my desire for it comes from the soul and not the ego, and it comes from you know, looking at the metals or the, the gemstones and like feeling like they have some spiritual properties to them and being like this is a beautiful piece of art rather than I want this so that people see me as having like a certain amount of status or like something like that. It's all very much uh, from the lens of I appreciate this as an object. I think it's beautiful um, and I think it has like spiritual value. That's
1: fantastic. <laughs> Sterling, what was the, what was the first you interested? Oh, can you just
3: the, the first thing that got me? Yeah, what well, was interested? The,
1: yeah, and in, so in wanting to you know pursue it further, for instance.
3: Interested? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a hard question to answer because all I remember the earliest inkling to manifesting came when I was approximately thirteen because. I really wanted to understand life and I figured if I understood life I could have an extraordinary life. I understood how all of this works. So I started reading Psycho Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. It was given to me a book that was given to me by my aunt, whom I call Miss Haight Ashbury. She she was <laughs> She was a leader in the Summer of Love in San Francisco, so she was very, she was very much, you know, she was hanging out with uh, Timothy Leary and Wow, and Allen Ginsberg, and you know, wow. and people like that. So she was herself was in an exploratory kind of m- mindset, you know, a mode. So I think that's why we connected, and she was able to donate that book to me, and um, I thought it was really interesting. But my problem came because the stories in there, the, the, the miraculous, magical stories that came out of that book was not only thrilling and inspiring and exciting and hopeful and wonderful and kind of effect it had on me, but unfortunately it was very frustrating too because... I couldn't figure out how to produce these kinds of results that that were shared in this book. The stories that were shared in this book. I I really tried to understand it. I tried to apply it to, to my life. It just wasn't working. I cried real tears to the picture of Dr. Maxwell Maltz on the back of the book. I cried real tears going i don't understand this i wish i did it sounds great i'm so frustrated and upset oh god can mr malt come out from (laughs) the dead and raise from the dead like pour this information come and speak to me in my sleep or something (laughs) let me know what the heck i'm missing or what i can't figure out here it was really kind of frustrating and I was just recently, I was thinking about how I got What You Resist Persist by riding, when I was riding my bike when I was seven years old. When I just realized that. Um, recently, so I was riding my bike, and I realized that the more that I resisted gravitating towards the wedge between the grass and the sidewalk, the more I resisted, well, obviously I didn't want to gravitate to it, because if I did, I got my bike stuck and I would fall over. So I noticed that as I'm looking at this groove and I'm concerned about going towards it and getting caught in it, the more I would. And then when I tried to let it be, pay no real attention to it, just kind of let it be and just focus instead on the sidewalk in front of me and everything in front of me and just let that be but just not think about it. I never gravitated towards this this dangerous wedge and that's when I realized I really got like what you resist persists so I was re- if I was resisting gravitating towards it I would if I just stopped resisting it allowed it to be focus on something else I wouldn't
1: that's incredible so what point did you start feeling that the, the Because you were saying in the book, they they weren't really giving you tools to to really, you know, activate that that magical power.
3: I I just kept reading more things. I kept, I mean, you know, I was open to anything and everything I could find. I read, you know, all kinds of self-help books, of course. You know, I read autobiographies of people who had extraordinary lives in an effort to understand what was the common thread between them all that created this outstanding life I did everything that I could I went to seminars and you know I watched PBS (laughs) and if there was a speaker on there you know I, I, I just I did everything and anything I could but what I found was that everything that I stumbled upon I felt like that there were holes or unanswered uh, questions and there was like dead ends, if you will. So I, I never really got that far because there would be something missing. It wasn't really whole and complete. And I, and then I, I would stop. I mean, because I would basically fail. And I would stop and I'd get dis, discouraged. Um, and that's what got, that's what started my own investigations and that's what started me being in the inquiry of what does it take to have this secret recipe now mind you I did have experiments that were incredibly successful mind you I did create some amazing things that were so extraordinary that I knew that there's if I just understood the equation here, I could, I could do this more frequently and at will and consistently instead of being like this random thing that happens once in a while. And I'll give you a perfect example. When I was studying acting, because I went to high school performing arts in Dallas, arts magnet school, I studied drama, and I was accepted into that when I when I graduated there. I then. Pursued. I had a full-time acting career in Dallas, and then moved to Los Angeles to expand on that to grow. And uh, I, I ended up manifesting. One of my favorite actors was uh, Gary Oldman, and I thought, God, if I could just talk to him about the craft, I think I'd, I think I really resonate with his style, and if I could just talk to him about the craft, I, I'd be able to you know grow as an artist and that would be so amazing but hey <laughs> wishful thinking right <laughs> well anyways I manifested it. it it almost immediately and what was really extraordinary is that he even he came to my apartment and he even said my manager didn't want me to come here and he was insisting that I shouldn't come and I not and, and we thought about it and here I am I'm here and he goes, I don't even know how I got here. Well, I don't know why I'm here. I don't do these I'm kinds not. of things. I kid you not. This That's is That's the power of manifesting. That's the power. And he really wow. did say that. He goes, I don't even know. I, I don't even do this. But we proceeded to have a wonderful afternoon talking about the craft of acting for at least, you know, three hours. It was really awesome. And I was super grateful. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, I got all my questions answered, you know, about the craft. And, and my dream came true. So um, after that, I thought, if I could just figure this out, right? <laughs> you know what they say, you know, like, if I could just figure this out and bottle it. Well, yeah, it's, that's basically what happened. I said, that I, I studied how I produced that result. And I realized what needed to come together, like a recipe, there needs to be these things present to produce this outcome, and it has to be done in a certain measure as well. I use the an analogy of recipe because it's like you have these ingredients, but you, but it's also important to have them in certain, you know, amounts. Or it, 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 there there's a there's there's a bit of a balance when it comes to manifesting. There is it is an art form, and for instance we need to know how much we focus on something and how do we also let it go and flow so there needs to be a balance of focus intention and deep desire and also letting it go and flow you know with faith because we human beings tend to be so extreme so what do we do? We focus, 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 right? And, and then it becomes obsessive, and then we're resisting, and what we resist persists, and it just becomes this messy trap. So we have to figure out a way to focus with that desire and let it go and also create faith as you're letting something go and being profoundly present in the moment all of which is very easily done. I have figured out how to manage 80,000 thoughts a day. I figured out, you know, how to make this balance or create this balance easily and effortlessly in my system, which is why I tell people it's like a no-brainer. You don't even have to understand it. You don't have to think about it. you just like, do this, do this, do this. Don't even think about anything else. Just do these things think less do less and your life will fall into place effortlessly and then you'll be like oh my god cuz it'll be experiential learning and you'll finally get it and you'll go like oh my gosh I'm never going to live any other way I didn't even know this is possible <laughs> I didn't even know this is You know, that this was available or was even an option. It's almost like this dimension I didn't even know existed. It's like it's something that I didn't know that I didn't even know existed. This is amazing, and I'm never going back again. So that's what's really cool about discovering it, um, because you realize, oh, my God, I don't have to exert the effort that I've been exerting Spinning my wheels, going nowhere, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. I don't have to work hard like everybody told me to with <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears. I don't have to think, you know, a tenth of what I've been thinking with my brain just scrambled. I mean, it's amazing how much the chit-chat and everything that goes on in the mind and the analyzing and the judging and the opinions and the criticisms and just all this overthinking. You realize you don't need one iota of it you don't need it for anything you really don't it's amazing <laughs> so
1: you i i love the fact that you said that you 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 actually work less at it you think less of it now with blythe for your two for those astounding manifestations that you had in that beginning time it sounds like you, you really didn't give too much thought to it it sounds like you like, you know what, I'd like to try this and let's see what happens kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, no,
2: exactly. And the thing is, is I didn't put a lot of importance on a cup of coffee because, you know, who's going to put that much importance on a cup of coffee? And, you know, same thing with guacamole and chips. You know, I'm, I'm like, I, I believed that it could happen, but I didn't need it to be happy. I could be in that, you know, good vibrational state without the coffee or without the guacamole and chips. And I think that that's one of the reasons that they came so quickly, and then I realized that it is a formula for, like, everything, Uh, that if you, you know, if you don't put something on a pedestal, if you believe that you can have it, um, you trust in the universe, you're completely present, you focus on your vibration, um, and just, you know, being positive, being, like, you know, nice, um, you know, giving what you want to get... It really does happen.
1: <laughs> I love it because, you know, rarely um, are folks taught to actually look at the language that they're using, really really examine the language that they're using, really examining the thoughts that are in their brains. And, you know, cause it's, oh, it's just banging around out there. But I think you're held accountable to it, aren't you, when, it, when it's right there in front of you and that reflection is staring at you going, this is all the limited these are all the limited thoughts that you you know you're carrying around with you time and time again and do you still wonder why your life is going yeah. haywire <laughs> you know we got it all right there
2: yeah no, it's just a bunch of recycled thoughts that keep on creating your reality and you realize that once you shift just one little thing and you consistently have it changed your reality will change also
1: now, you, so with your songs, you're, you're, um, it's, it's, it sounds like you're putting this, um, this, not this great wisdom into your music.
2: With a lot of you're it. I, it I would definitely say that, um, it's a strong theme. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I realize the importance of, um, you know, being able to put, You know, the spirituality stuff out there, but not have it be so, um, you know, spiritual sounding that the mainstream can't understand it or, you know, that they won't want to listen to it. So I think that I've, you know, tried to figure out a balance between mainstream and. Uh, the spiritual. Well,
1: it seems like you weave it in metaphors, which I think is yeah. a beautiful way of doing it because <laughs> oh, you're—it's you. like you know—it's in there. It's pa- it's an ingredient that's packed into the sandwich that nobody's
2: <laughs> expecting
1: to taste. Going, what is that secret sauce?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, no, like I I definitely uh, it's funny because with songwriting I feel like it is kind of channeled. Um, I never write before I go into a session. I just go into a session and my producer starts making a beat and. You know, sometimes I'll be like, you know, I'm feeling this kind of vibe today, and he'll start, you know, producing to it, and I just come up with the lyrics, I come up with the meaning, and uh, it usually takes a very short amount of time. So,
1: well, <laughs> having said that, I'm going to play this song, and then I'm going to talk to you about it after. We're going to talk about this afterwards because this this is just very miraculous. That we'll, we'll let the we'll let the we'll let the listeners <laughs> understand why I think this is miraculous, and we'll talk about it when we come back here. So. This is called White Rabbit with Blythe Baines featuring a a special artist. Let's see if you can guess who it is. All right. So as one could imagine, this is quite intriguing. One could imagine how the heck did you get Snoop Dogg to? Because you're, well, first of all, how long have you? How long have you been putting this music together?
2: Um. Okay. So I started. Okay, I think I released my first song in late 2017, and uh, I didn't even consider uh, taking it seriously, like doing music as a serious thing, until. 2000 and must have been 2000 maybe it was late 2007 I'm trying to remember the timeline I feel like when you're super present timelines get really confusing <laughs> I have like the worst perception of time but I think uh, I put my first EP out in March of 2018 mm. um and yeah uh That's kind of, you know, the first thing that I did that was, um, you know, really me being like, okay, I'm actually going to try this now. So it
1: started out with just a playful thing. I'm just going to create this. I'm just, this is something I want to do. Yeah. And look how beautiful this is. Now, all of a sudden, someone like Snoop Dogg, where people (laughs) go,
2: how the heck, how the heck
1: would I ever get that guy on there? I mean, how did that come about?
2: Um, Basically professional connections, which is, you know, it's just been amazing because all the right people have kind of come into my life, uh, including my manager, which, like, you know that story of just, like, the crazy synchronicity that went into me meeting him. Tell it again, first tell case. it again. Okay, so um, I had this friend, and he had a car, and it had gotten crashed into, and so he calls me up one day, and he's like, hey, could you drive me to the airport to pick up my friend? And I'm like, I don't like driving freeways, but you can drive my car if you want. So he's like, okay, you know, I'll meet you. And, and I'll drive and so he meets me he starts driving and um, in Koreatown he's like we need to make a stop and uh, he's like you should get out with me uh, I'm like okay and so I go into this guy's place and it's just this guy playing video games and I'm like so where are you from and turns out we we're from the same exact place in Northern California We're the same age we like knew all the same people literally at my grandma's 92nd birthday party the neighbors knew them like the entire family super well my grandma's like closest friend from the gym because she's like a very physically active you know she's 93 now um but yeah her friend from the gym knew the family like because the brother um my manager's brother was her son's best friend just like All kinds of weird stuff. So um, it was definitely kind of a faded um, meeting, and we started working on music. And then we ended up getting um, the deal with Priority Records, which I'm so thankful for that because it really did uh, put me at a different level than I was at before. You talk about
1: Carter, Carter, right? Yeah, Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was the video game guy that you that you ended up finding out you had all these Venn diagrams with.
2: No, exactly. Astounding. It was was so crazy and so serendipitous. And, um, you know, I just had all these producers trying to work with me. And I was, you know, trying to do some other stuff. I was working on, like, a business type thing, but it was just going so badly. And music was honestly going really well. And that one song that I had done that was, you know, mastered and kind of, like, radio quality, I had gotten it played on a couple different radio shows, and I got more yeses than noes when I was submitting it and I'm like that has to be a sign that you know what I'm trying to do because I think I should be doing because I'm half Indian and you know Indians do business like you know that was not for me music you know was what I love to do and I I love songwriting um and you know just being present with it has opened me up to most amazing friendships the most amazing business connections like it's been really wild
1: God, that is so exciting. So, so Sterling, um, wh- what was the first big stuff that you started manifesting when you started getting more of a handle on uh, getting a better relationship with the universe and h- how you cooperate with it? What was like the first thing where you're like, holy cow, like this is just crazy?
3: Well, I think that um, for, for a while, Especially around those acting days and everything. I I wasn't I was manifesting but I wasn't really manifesting consciously. I, I I still didn't understand the process enough to benefit from it on a consistent level. Um but I you know, I I I did. I mean I made declarations. I I would say like, oh, you know, I'm gonna meet this person, or this, blah, blah, blah. Well, I would say the Gary Oldman,
1: of course, right? That was probably the first big one. Did that inspire you to go, well, if I can get Gary Oldman, who knows what the heck else could happen?
3: I still limited myself because I didn't really understand, I didn't have the faith that I understood how it all worked. Mm. But I did make those, you know, I would make declarations to myself, like, okay, this year I'm doing da-da-da-da, you know, or this is happening, or blah, blah, blah. And it happened. Um... Uh, Yeah, actually, the next thing I do that pop into my head and and that I do remember creating was um, one of my acting jobs got me discovered by a major label, major record label. And they said, oh, my God, we love her. She's amazing. Can she sing? Can she write? Well, no, I never tried anything like that before. Although... When I was, like, six years old, I used to sing in front of the mirror, and then I had a guitar. My dad was in a, a band, and he was a singer and a guitar player. And my grandfather wrote Accentuate the Positive and sold it to Johnny Mercer in the 40s. I mean, music Accentuate was around. Accentuate the Positive? Uh-huh. All and right, keep talking. I'm gonna. We're going to play Music was around in my life. So when this offer came to me, I was like, well, you know, this feels natural, even though I didn't have any professional background with it. So I said to myself I'm going to go in this direction I'm going to go take this opportunity with music if I can meet someone to work with who has a background in music, who's had some level of success to collaborate with me this is what I said and to the universe Um, and uh, who could be like a co-writer kind of you know help me along here because I don't know if I can do this by myself two weeks later I was at this club and I see this person and and I felt like there was like a spotlight over this person and I felt like like his eyes were silver it was the most bizarre thing really and then we ended up talking and everything and it wasn't I swear, it wasn't long after that. He said to me, and I did not tell him. He said to me, when I saw you, there was a spotlight around you and you had silver eyes. He said this to you? Yes. And I said, oh, my God, that is so crazy. I said, I saw the same thing, and I wouldn't believe it. if It it was unbelievable. Now, here's an even funnier thing. I went back to that club there's no white lights there, it's all red lights, all red lights, so I, this was pure manifesting, and so we started working together, and, um, I got another offer from, you know, of interest from an ANR person from Interscope Records, and started working with, with them, and, um, Recording demos and things like that, and I had this that song manifestation, which we were just talking about, um, was uh, actually not one that we ended up keeping, but we recorded a demo of it. Mm. But we never really um, produced it. And uh, but it it's funny because it's it's a it was um, it was indicative of where I was going. This song about manifesting. And it was like, manifesting is keeping me knowing knowing versus, you know, obviously just speculating. It's all about knowing. It's all about knowing. And and the thing that I teach my clients, is number one, one of the big questions that people ask me is they go, what is the real, what's the essential key? What is the key? What's the most important uh, active ingredient for manifesting? And... Here's the answer. You have to live as if that which you are creating for your future is happening right now. You have to live as if it is already so. So if you are creating abundance, go out, spend some money. You don't got to spend millions of dollars. You don't have to get yourself in debt or anything. But go out and, and experience spending money with freedom, Uh. you see, with freedom, and, you know, if you're really pinching pennies, you know, and I've been there, trust me, it's like every dollar is valuable, you know, or five dollars is valuable, and, you know, um, and so you watch everything, so, Go out and spend five dollars as if it doesn't matter, or as if you have unlimited amounts of five dollars. Whatever you have to do that you feel safe that you can uh, conduct this experiment, then go for it. Then you, you know, do it. You know that um, it's an experiment, you've got to approach everything as an experiment, and you know, if you're going to approach this experiment of spending like five dollars freely. Hey, if you fail the experiment, you can't find that freedom to connect to that abundance. It's okay. You know, you can keep practicing, and there's there's no real loss. In and the
1: idea is to spend that money without that sort of buyer's remorse, without that yeah. that uh, that. Because you, know, you got to do it with that vibe. That intention has got to go into the thing that you're buying, right? It's got to be,
3: complete freedom. I'm totally
1: fine with this thing that I'm putting this money into right now. If totally
3: I really have abundance, if I really have unlimited money, then what would be my experience of going and buying this $5 item? Yes. Well, let's see. I would feel totally confident like it was nothing. Like this was paper. Like this is me and this is paper. Like, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, like, I got plenty of this and everything. And I would just do it and just, like, be completely relaxed and free and feel good and confident and secure. Okay, good. So that's how I feel. Okay. Step into that. Go out there. Experience it. You know. I do this... I do this like you know. One of my pet peeves is getting like parking tickets because I feel like I might as well just be like torching <laughs> cash in my hands. I mean, I feel like it's really I'm not getting anything out of spending this money, right? Yeah, yeah. So guess what I do now? Instead of being annoyed and seeing, yeah, how I'm do you t- like, how do you
1: alchemize that? What do you what do you do? Oh at, my woman? god!
3: I just look at it and I go, "All right, okay, <laughs> I got this parking ticket." And guess what? something's going to come in totally cover it like free money or something and it's not even going to matter or anything this is totally handled this is taken care <laughs> of this is ancient history you know and then i just let it unfold and be i so. love it and it's true something always comes in like some bizarre thing will come in that's totally unexpected mm-hmm. you know and uh, when it was you know i've playing around with manifesting money and everything one of the first things that happened was really funny i'd be in a crowded movie theater walking out and on the floor it'd be 20 and i look around nobody sees this money nobody sees it no one and i would just go and pick it up we still don't see it i, I this has happened it happened in uh, cbs oh my god nobody's seeing this it happened um, at, at another, like, oh, a hotel lobby. Same deal. It was a convention. No one saw it. Just there. You know, I went into the improv one night, $100 bill, just laying on the floor. Nobody sees it. It's amazing how people aren't present to it. You know, I'm in a it's crowd so- of people, but this just shows you where people, where their attention's at. You know, if they were creating that kind of a abundance they would have connected with it it's energy you're connecting with energy you're generating energy you're creating energy you're connecting with like-minded energy god i
1: love that now you're so you're saying that your was it your your which family member wrote accentuate the positive
3: my grandfather
1: so your grandfather now um it's there are a couple of different versions here i think i'm going to play is there if i play the bean crosby
3: you can do. Which is great, because we just so saw the
1: David Crosby. Is he? Do you think he's related to being Crosby?
3: No, no. <laughs> The
1: Crosbys. All right, let's play this, which I think is phenomenal, the fact that he wrote Accentuate the Positive. And look at that. That I becomes know. part of the, of the whole everything. And, and
3: It's crazy.
1: Okay, so here we go. Here's Accentuate the Positive, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll be back.
4: To accentuate the positive live mine it to negative, latch on to the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In between. You got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom, down to the minimum, have faith. Or pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene To illustrate his last remark Jonah in the whale, Noah in the ark What did they do just when everything looked so dark? Man, they said we better accentuate the positive Elim. Find it negative, latch on to the affirmative, don't mess with Mr.
0: In-Between, no, do not mess with Mr. In-Between, do you hear them?
4: Oh, listen to me, chillin' Anna, you will hear about eliminating up the negative and an accent on a positive. Gather round the children if you're willing. And sit tight while I start reviewing the attitude of different right. You gotta accentuate the positive eliminate ain't the negative. Latch on to the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. in between. Got to spread jar up to the maximum. Bring gloom down, down to the minimum. Then otherwise, otherwise and the podium liable to walk upon the sea. to illustrate. Well, illustrate my last remark. You got the floor, Joe Jonah. Well, Noah in, in the ark. What did they say? What did they say? Say when everything looks so dark. Man, they said we better act. Accentuate the positive. Eliminate the, the negative. That's Sean to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. No, don't mess with Mr. In-Between.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard Accentuate the Positive. By the way, you can call... Call Jupiter. We are here on Jupiter. Call us at 561-203-9179, and you will get this phone here, and you can talk to us. We'll blast you on the air. 561-203-9179. And how crazy is that? Accentuate the positive. And that's all of what we're talking about here, the, the importance of doing that, paying attention to our language, realizing that we're casting the spells. Um... So, Blythe, I want to ask you, do you think that you would, uh, in the evolution of your music, would you add horns or, or like, you know, an orchestral thing? Can you imagine it going in that direction? Oh,
2: that could be totally cool. Yeah, I'm very open to where it's going um, because I think it's important to evolve and not always stay doing the same thing, and I think so far there has been evolution and... I get messages on Instagram all the time saying, you know, I see you evolving as an artist, and I love that. So I'm like, thank you. I'm glad that you guys see that. Um, But, yeah, I definitely want to evolve. And, you know, at some point, an orchestral thing totally sounds cool. I'd be totally down for that.
1: Yeah, because it was quite surprising once the orchestra was behind Metallica. I remember my mom telling me about this. She goes, I just saw something on TV, and Metallica had this orchestra. And I'm like... Mom, you were watching, you were listening to Metallica, and she's like, "It was so beautiful, honey. It was so beautiful." And the orchestra was up there, and I'm going, "Wow!" Like if my mom's listening to heavy metal, but with orchestra, you know, maybe I gotta pay attention to that. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing when something like that comes to play. I've like I saw Danny Elfman at uh, Hollywood Bowl with, I mean, that's just amazing oh, when you that's see the Danny nice. Elfman do the Nightmare Before Christmas, and you just hear the power, all those horns, and oh my God, there's just something. Something that just it just fills your spirit. It's just amazing, Um, Sterling. Do you have any plans doing uh, more music in the future? No. No, none. (laughs) Especially after knowing what you know um, now and all the great knowledge you have.
3: You know, a lot of my music's been in television and commercials and movies, things like that. And uh, and it's great that I've been able to license my music to. To those outlets um, at the moment no you know I I really love the work that I'm doing and I just completed a book which is will be going public so I really have a lot on my plate um, I'm doing these amazing retreats we are actually in the middle of organizing them awesome. with one of the rescue mediums now that TV show what is that is a TV show that was a uh, Canadian production based on Netflix. They did eight seasons. There was like, uh, something crazy, like over 80 shows or, you know, anyways, this Allison, one of the mediums on there, there was two mediums that are the stars of the show. And, uh, She's incredible. She does a lot of energy work, and uh, she's, of course, a medium. And what she does is she connects with um, earthbound spirits that have gotten trapped here through a traumatic, uh, you know, sudden death. So she connects with them and helps them to move on to the next plane. She's incredible. Um, She also... over 20 years Reiki master. Did I even mention that? Wow. Anyways, so we're going to be doing some really great, like, uh, manifestation. You're making a super team. You're combining forces with these superpowers. I love it. We're going to be doing this in the spring, and we're already taking um, people's, you know, names and numbers and deposits and things like that. We're going to be going out to Joshua Tree, where it's one of the most powerful healing vortexes, the environment itself. And I... I will promise, I will promise and guarantee people that in three days, they're going to be walking out of there in a complete, they're going to be walking into a completely different world. They're going to be completely different. It's really going to be like going to the Garden of Eden. It's going to be like heaven on earth when they enter back into their lives. (laughs) it's going to be so mind blowing it's so powerful i mean i am so excited because i know without a shadow of a doubt what i'm going to be witnessing and it's going to be fantastic uh-huh that's incredible
1: <laughs> that is so cool
3: mm mm-hmm. so if anybody's ever interested that's listening you know you can Always just send me an email on the website, getyourlifenow.com. Y-
1: getyourlifenow.com.
3: Yeah, and if anybody's interested in that, just let me know. It's it's a limited spots. You know, we're only going to be taking, it'll, it'll be probably no more than 10 people. It's going to be a pretty small group. I want it to be intimate, and I want everybody to have all the one-on-one attention and things like that so it's really intimate that's
1: it's fantastic
3: mm-hmm. so
1: you so how, how is your status so far with your literary agents and getting your book out there to the populace
3: it's being considered right now but guess what it's summertime so a lot of people are on vacation and um they'll be back sometime um sometime between like september and end of september but i i did discover that a lot of people are on vacation that's fine and um it but I'm getting really great feedback. Um really, really, really good feedback and that's exciting. And so yeah, I'm patient. I mean I got a lot of stuff going on, so it's all good for me. Um that I, I have no problem being infinitely patient like William Faulkner <laughs> often expouses about and Wayne Dyer. Got that from William, you know, because it's really amazing what infinite patience actually accelerates the process of manifesting.
1: Wow. Because there's not that, oh, when is it going to happen? Right. When it gonna, you know, there's not forced resist- or not.
3: Yeah. Well, you're, you're right, because you're not, you're not revving the engine. You're
1: not, yeah, yeah.
3: What you resist persists. People get caught in the trap of impatience. <laughs> yeah. And you're resisting what is so. When you're practicing being impatient, and you're going to get more of what you don't want.
1: Blythe, how do you handle uh, patience or impatience in that fashion?
2: Um, I think, I think I've always been a fairly patient person, um, because. Yeah, especially with the manifestation stuff. I know that uh, putting that desperation into it makes it harder to manifest. It makes it, honestly... Yeah, pushes
1: it away, right?
2: Basically, okay. yeah, impossible to manifest when you're in that desperate state. So just being in the state of, like, I know that everything, you know, I, I know that I can find the the vibration and the emotion of everything in the current moment. I know I can be happy in the current moment. And just focusing on that and putting out the intentions, you know, like a GPS programming it in forgetting about it uh, and focusing on the joy in the present moment that's been you know my go-to strategy that's really worked for me
1: i know you've expressed that you and you've put up on instagram your your uh moleskin Moleskins? Oh, yeah, my Is moleskin there? So you, uh, journal so you've got you've got a lot of stuff written in there do you have plans on 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 publishing any any of these insights that come to you uh, I, for instance
2: i mean that would be cool at some point i uh You know, I think that as time goes by, once you rack up, like, a resume of, you know, cool things that you've done, you know, throughout time, people are more likely to take it seriously. Uh, I think that at this age, if I were to release, you know, a book or something saying, like, you know, here's everything that you need to know about the world. You know, people aren't going to take it as seriously as they would someone who has the age and the experience. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about getting older is you have the wisdom.
1: Well, also at the same time, what's also equally, I think, uh, just as valuable is the idea that you are young and you you do have these thoughts and ideas, and there are other folks who are around your age who are scrambling about what am I going to do, what am I going to do, You know, and if it is presented in a a sense of like, hey, this is what I've learned. This is how it's helped me out, you know. Um, And plus, there's always more that you're going to learn no matter what. If you're 90 years old, there's still more that you're going to learn. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's the beautiful thing, that there's just constantly always this opportunity. Yeah, life
2: never stops giving you lessons, which is amazing because, you know, you keep on seeing any kind of, like, subconscious blocks that you have until you get rid of them. You keep on seeing them in your life. And so it's really, you know, a sign to you know focus on that and to shift it and once you shift it you see it disappear and you're like wow this is really amazing
1: that's incredible god that is so incredible um you know i i think if if we could you know it's interesting there's this connotation that goes along with spirituality like oh it's that woo woo stuff oh no you know and people a lot of times they'll go well i'm very science oriented i'm very science oriented and then i say well do you realize that science, you know we're, we're we're every single one of us is a scientist. We all have our hypothesis. We all experiment. We see what it is. You know, does the hypothesis match up with the field study that you've done? And uh, so we're just because some of us don't have microscopes or telescopes doesn't mean that we're not scientists. Yeah. Every single one of us. You know, the information that we find is valid. We don't need an entire room of peers to go. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because you know with with um with that kind of stuff, it's like. By going, I only rely on science, it, it, it really, to me, in my brain, I just imagine it goes meow. and it turns it into this really narrow-minded thing um, that excludes um, all of the other possibilities yeah. that could kind of make their way into yeah. it. I mean, who's to say that some of these scientific studies, You know, they're, maybe they're working very skeptically, going, okay, well, I don't know if this is going to work. Well, they have no idea that they're, they might actually be affecting the outcome they're of the experiment They're
2: influencing it by being <laughs> yeah. so skeptical, yeah. yeah.
1: It's so intriguing. Now, um, so Sterling, you were talking about the, the ghosts or spirits. Actually, since you've got the microphone right now, Blake, first let me ask you, then I'll ask you, Sterling. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts about, you know, uh, the idea of ghosts, the idea of th- those energies being trapped here? And
2: I think that at a certain vibration, ghosts and all that kind of stuff are definitely real, uh, especially if you believe in them. Uh, if you have the belief in something strong enough, you will see it in your reality. If you're resonating at that same vibration. And so I think that, uh, you know, we were even talking on the podcast about uh, elves in Iceland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the Icelandic people, you know, wholeheartedly believe in elves. They've seen them. And that's because you have this collective that's putting their belief into elves. Um, And so, yeah, if you have a strong belief in. Ghosts, and you're at that similar like vibrational frequency as the ghosts. You know, chances are you're gonna have some weird ghost stuff happening in your Mm -hmm. life. I feel like
1: Sterling. What are your thoughts? What do you you, you think about these? Have you ever encountered spirits that you uh, knew were spirits? You're like, okay, this is definitely. I'm talking to my grandpa right now, or whoever it may be.
3: Reminded me when you're talking about like elves or trolls or something. I remember recently. I kid you not, like three months ago, my mother told me she was playing in this creek when she was a kid, and she saw, like, a troll or an elf sitting there in the creek. I said, you've got to be kidding me. She's like, no. And I'm like, what? My mom's always seen into another, other realms and stuff, but, but it scares her, so she, she limits it. You know, like, she, she shuts herself off from it. Most of this was happening when she was young, and then she reached an age where, uh, you know, like a young age, you know, I want to say, like, 23 or whatever, and she just said, no more, and she just kind of shut the door to it. But she said one day she was painting, and uh, she was about 20, 22, and she was painting, and and um, she sees... Her husband poke his head out behind this chair, and like as if he was playing like peekaboo, you know, kind of thing. This jokey, kind of mischievous peekaboo thing. And she was like, "What is he doing?" You know. And um, but he had he looked weird though. He kind of had this sort of dark circles under his eyes, kind of kind of weird. And um, so, anyway, she goes and and she comes into. The Goes into the bedroom, and he's sound asleep. Well, so clearly whoa, it what? wasn't him. Yeah, it was. That's definitely a Twilight Zone moment right there. That totally, you know. Did
1: absolutely. she go run back out there? Go, you know, look behind the chair to see what the heck?
3: Yeah. Or no, she like okay, it,
1: I'll shut the door and lock it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm to go to bed.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh my I, I god. Mean, I've had lots of experiences myself with um, spirits and other energies and um, uh, often I I lived in a place that uh, was haunted and what was really interesting this is up in Beechwood, and uh, all I can remember about that place when I was there I was like oh, I feel so anxious here I feel so unsettled and upset and I uh, I couldn't even read my books. Like, I couldn't focus or concentrate. And I go to the bookstore, I go to Book Soup on Sunset Boulevard, and I'm just reading through all these, like, history books and Hollywood books and things. You know, I love to kind of thumb through the books there. And I come across this one book, and there's my house. Oh, yeah, in this book. And I'm like, what? So I'm reading about it. Turns out that now i understood why it was haunted because this this energy was very upset and agitated and would throw my records around the room and you know throw postcards around and throw breadcrumbs at my guest face and oh stuff God. like that oh and i didn't God. even eat bread so i don't know where this came from they would just feel breadcrumbs on it. Like, what is yeah, that on my face right now? Yeah, and I was right like, this, something is like, you're throwing this in my face. Like, What are you talking about? And they pick up these, like, little breadcrumbs. This. There's, someone's throwing this in my face. And I'm like, really? Oh, oh my God. Oh wait, they, so they'd actually see it on the yes, ground. So it wasn't yes.
1: there before, but then all of a sudden there it was. That's right.
3: Yeah, I know. So I don't know where they were getting it from because I didn't even eat Incredible. Bread. Um, so, yeah. So anyways, I'm so reading this story and what happened was this screenwriter back in the 30s lived there with his wife and she was a seamstress for the studios she started having an affair with an actor named paul kelly in the 30s and paul kelly and her husband got on the phone together and it was a shouting match you know hey how dare you you know have an affair with my wife or whatever and then the, the husband said why don't you come over here and we'll duke it out and legend goes that they were drunk on bootleg liquor because it was kind of the prohibition period just like 20s and 30s period and there was a lot of bootleg liquor so they had this big fight 50 cups is that what they call it <laughs> uh, 50s 50s 50s, 50s, Fisticuffs, 50s. Cuffs. yeah <laughs> and they had this big fight and then um the, the husband was put to bed by the maid, and uh, he mumbled some nonchalant thing like, whoa, that was quite a day or whatever. Three days later, died of internal injuries. Paul Kelly and this woman both go to jail. They write each other love letters. They both get out of jail and marry... And he went on to do 40 more movies. It didn't even make a dent in his career in terms of his popularity. And she ended up dying in her 40s from a freak accident driving off of, on Mulholland Road in a car accident. And uh, pretty fascinating. It's also been documented in Hollywood Babylon. What like the heck? Hang, anger I mean,
1: well. that's, you know, those kinds of things where you just happen to go to that specific bookstore. You could uh-huh. have gone to any other coffee shop. They happen to have that particular book right there. You happen to be f- thumbing through the, bam, there's your house. And then it answers this this question that you don't expect anybody to answer for you. <laughs> and it's going, here's your answer. I mean, that's it's, astounding. And
3: no wonder he would. well, look, okay, so we were talking about, you know, ghosts and how they die yeah, in yeah. this state. So that's the state he was in. He was angry. He was upset. Mm And he, you know, wasn't expecting to die. If he really thought he was hurt, he would have gone to the hospital where he just told the... You know, he mumbled something nonchalant, something casual to the maid and went to sleep. He never expected to die. A lot of um, uh, spirits who get trapped here don't know they're dead. So if they don't expect it... Or it was the trauma... A, they don't want to let something go because, you know, or they don't realize they're dead. It was so traumatic. It was so sudden. They don't realize that they died, so they don't know where to go to. A lot of people have Whoa. near-death experiences, say, in the hospital. They'll be walking around talking to nurses and things and, like, why isn't anybody listening to me? Why isn't anybody paying attention to me? They don't understand that they're dead. Um, so that's, that's the problem there. Now... This is very interesting. You should say this because I was just thinking about this the other day. If we are incomplete with something in our lives, this can lead to being a ghost. Like some people don't want to, you know, there's something they're incomplete about or they're not at peace with, so they can't pass on. And one of the big components about what I teach people through the AOM system is how to be complete at all times. Okay, so not only are you consistently every minute of the day because you're complete, feeling satisfaction, fulfillment, and peace regardless of anything that's going on as this fluid life continues to turn and unfold, but you don't have to worry about becoming a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to worry about becoming a ghost. You You know, because you're going to have that peace. And you're going to be able to uh, move on and let go, and because there's nothing, you know, when you're when you're feeling peaceful and you're satisfied and you're fulfilled, you, there's nothing to let go. I mean, hold on to. There's no fear. We hold on to stuff out of fear. So if you don't, if you're not feeling any fear, then you're totally free. That's what my clients love. They go, you know what? I don't even fear death, let alone have daily fears. I don't even have fears anymore.
1: Incredible. And, yeah,
3: and they, yeah, and and they're and they just like have these explosive, amazing lives. You'd think because their life was so amazing and so cool that they would fear death because they'd be like, "Oh, I don't want this to end. I'm having so." It doesn't mm. work like that. <laughs> That's the irony. And you're able to create more, and you live longer. Oh hey, what a concept! Hey, <laughs> it's true.
1: God, that's great! We got
3: it all backwards, folks. <laughs> we were handed Gosh. a bad bill of deals.
1: Wow! Someday we're going to be able to clone more and more, you know, teachers who have this kind of mindset and just kind of, just kind of sneak them into the school system. Oh, I wish someone was. I thought that was someone who might have been calling me. Uh, what is so, Blythe? I want to ask you. What is the most recent synchronicity that happened to you, where you were,
5: like, this, okay, this well, is amazing?
2: So, okay, here's something funny. Even just now listening to you, so um, last night I stayed at my friend's place because it's closer to here, and I was like, you know, it's going to take so long to Uber here in the morning, like, all, all this stuff. So um, uh, my friend was listening to a documentary on the Prohibition, and I was, like, trying to go to sleep, and um, I I was listening to it, and I'm like, you know, I feel like this is because you know i'm listening to this as i'm going to sleep this is gonna like come into my life in some like weird kind of way oh my god and then you just mentioned that whole like prohibition era story
1: oh man and
2: i'm like that is so funny because i literally had the thought i'm like i wonder how this you know documentary that i'm literally not trying to listen to in the middle of the night while i'm trying to go to sleep because i have an interview in the morning how that's gonna influence my life and my day. And so How beautiful. That is so funny. What a gift. Me. Like how
1: awesome is that? How awesome is that? The answer it solves the question. You know, it's great. It's so crazy. <laughs> I love how that happens. You're wondering how's this all gonna play into it? This I mean I mean God uh, Sometimes so I funny. like to think about okay if I were to pull back and look at all this whole observation of what it's going on, you know, I could just see you know, like one of those diagrams where people put the the big conspiracy theory up on the wall, you know, and they got all the things that are connected. Like, yes. I see that, you know, going on with these things and the way that the Venn diagrams happen. God, I love this. This is
4: because
1: then who knows after more of these conversations that we've had, who knows how then uh, what even more crazy synchronicities yes, are going to happen to us throughout effects, the day and throughout sure. the week and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nicholas, you know what? Let me ask you, what, what's the most recent uh, synchronicity that you that you had and or something
5: that might relate to what these ladies are talking about. Um absolutely. Uh, well, I live in a building that was built in 1926. Uh, 6 in Spring. And I had a spirit touch my foot, like move things, like everything would be missing. And then I had to like do research myself and I mean, I didn't get a full-fledged story, but a lot of stuff's happened in that building. Okay. So. What,
1: uh, okay. Do you, do you live there now?
5: Yeah. But I, I made peace. I made peace. I was like, hey, I'm not trying to mess up your your life. How has it been since you started? Way better. Way better. Yeah. What was it doing before? Like, I'd be in my bed and like I'd feel something touch the back of my foot when my foot's in the air. Like I'm like laying down.
4: Were there any or records being
5: Not so much that, but like, you know, like I think it would like get into my dog's head a lot and my dog would act crazy and act, that's right, cause the animals the animals yeah. they got those senses yeah
1: you know, and I mean it
5: it was nothing too extreme but it was like noticeable and I you know I was telling people like okay what did I was, dog do? uh he would just get really agitated out of nowhere and like I wonder if that was part of the, the what
3: did you do when someone that ghost grabbed your foot?
5: um yeah what did you do? I was just I'll like uh hey <laughs> Hello?
3: <laughs> Let go my ego. Yeah,
5: and then, like, you know, like, I'll, I'll like, recycle my, like, large water bottles, and they'll just get knocked over randomly, and I mean, that's, it's mild, but it's enough for me uh, to be like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you hear noises and stuff
1: in the dark? are like, mm. hey, what's going I
5: would hear, like, movement every now and then, but, I mean, nothing too extreme, just, like, touching the back of my foot, the water bottles, my dog. And then, if, so right. then at some
1: point you go, okay, there's, there's, there's an other one. I mean,
5: yeah, and sometimes I feel silly for making that leap, but mm, it, it felt like... Male was, or female? Yeah.
3: What was it? Male or female? What do you
5: think? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't, like, really contact anything, but so I was just, like, putting it out there that my intention was good, so... Oh, well, so you were letting it know, like, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm it's like, site. hey, just chill. I'm being chill. I can live in peace. You want that side of the room? have it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean it's still kind of ongoing but it, nothing nothing terrible's happened since uh, yeah, so
3: ongoing in what way? Well, it I mean changed I did feel kind these. of well,
5: actually there is a there is a little bit more to this. It was right after the foot thing, the water bottle thing, I did feel pressed one night, like something was pressing on my side, but um, I don't know it feels I didn't really prepare to talk did about this did it crawl
3: this. into bed with you and cuddle you because it I, I,
5: maybe it I, I, yeah I don't know but I just felt like a presence on me and it kind of freaked me out that night but I let it go you know I guess one could imagine. yeah <laughs>
1: I mean that's
5: it's pretty bizarre but yeah no, it's, that's my story I love that but joke
3: Celebrity Ghost Stories have you ever watched that oh the celebrities to talk about their ghost stories and things Mm. like that uh, experiences it's really fascinating you know you can you can watch I think it's on like I've been watching it on Tubi
5: (laughs) yeah I mean in the neighborhood it makes sense for something to be there too because so much happens every day outside like it's a lot of bad stuff in my neighborhood but (laughs) but I mean that's downtown LA and all the stories I can't imagine what's happened there a lot
3: of, there's a lot of dark energy
5: yeah there. It, it felt kind of wild for a little bit but I let it go and it's fine now so how does one uh. look up
3: that
5: information
1: how do you what do you look for do you say haunted look, is my house you know there must be some website out there that goes okay here's all this stuff in Los Angeles where there's yeah
5: like,
3: how do you know if your house is haunted what do you like a haunted directory you to let you realize
5: what
1: happened in your house how
3: how, how does one you doesn't... Oh, you, know. can re, you can research.
5: Yeah. I mean, I mean... I just lit some incense and kind of... I don't know if really that stuff helps, To, to it, find
3: out what it was. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they did... Like, on the Rescue Mediums, we were talking about that show. Where Allison's going to be doing those retreats with me. What I love about the show is that before they go to the location... They get all this psychic information. They write it all down. Then they go to mm. the owners of the home and they say, look, don't tell us anything, but we're just going to tell you what we're getting, oh. you know, and then oh. they'll, they say a list of things that people go, yep, that's correct. Yep. That's correct. Yep. Mm. And then, um, they stay in the space and then they get more information like, oh, I'm John and oh, drowning. I feel like I'm choking and there's something on the side. I'm feeling pain on the side. Stuff like that. They gather more information there and make contact with the spirit that's trapped. And then um, are able to get on that frequency, communicate with it, and say, look, you know, you need to move on. This is, you're no longer, you know, go here to the light. And then the, the owners of the house come back in and they go oh, my God, like the energy is so changed, it's noticeable right away. My mm-hmm. my son or my daughter, you know, will now sleep in their room without disturbance. Or they haven't slept there for two years, and now they sleep peacefully and everything. The energy is completely changed. And when what they do with the uh, production and, you know, the, the crew, the team, whoever, of the show, they go and they research... What has happened oh, I love in that it. So area. after they already
1: got their certain vibes, then they research then it. Then they
3: sit down That's with great. the owners of the house and they go, okay, you know, we had gotten John and we had gotten this. And they and they go, and there was a John, you know, Smith who lived here, who died of an Whoa. appendicitis attack and, you know, had a near nearly drowned prior to that, whatever, you know. And they piece everything together and they're able to tell you everything and so now they really understood the whole story and it's really fascinating and that's why I, that show is really cool because not only shows how it works but it really kind of answers all those sort of questions that you would have you know um, and, and and I love that it's unlike a lot of other shows out there so it's very whole and complete and and you really that the skepticism the skeptic in you gets to watch this program and go okay okay wait a minute you know it's like you got these witnesses the people that live there you've got like this information that was gathered prior then you've got this historical information backing everything up da, da, da. you know it's great for for skeptics incredible
1: <laughs> incredible now, Blythe, if you were if you were creating music in the studio uh-huh. and then you, you played it back and suddenly you heard some EVP kind of otherworldly, you know, so, uh, uh, voices or harmonies in there that you totally did not put in there, would you keep them in there?
2: Um, I might be kind of freaked out if that happened because I... Okay, so me and my old friend group, we actually used to go out and go ghost hunting, and we oh. had one of those machines.
1: Oh yeah, she was the little like the yeah, the it like scans through radio frequency oh.
2: and we heard like screams. Like we've heard the craziest what? things. Like I I was super freaked out by it. Um we used to go ghost hunting fairly often and I don't know, after that, after hearing, I'm pretty sure it was like a lady saying help me. Yeah, it was pretty. You disturbing. heard You
1: heard this on his device, or what? Yes. Wait, was it through a radio? Um,
2: so it was. It was this machine that scans through radio stations. So if you hear something that's, you know, if you hear something that sounds like a sentence or phrase, you know that it's real because it's scanning through so many radio stations that it can't just put those those oh, words together. Oh, oh. Um, and yeah, um, one of my friends. She had a boyfriend who bought her one of these machines for her birthday present. We're like, okay, let's go out and like see, you know, what's out there. We went under the suicide bridge in Pasadena and heard some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you
1: record any of this stuff? Did you? Did I, you have any I waves? I don't
2: think we recorded it. Uh, but at the end of the night, where did you hear it? Um, through the machine, through the machine that he had gotten her, and it was just. It was just kind of disturbing, and I think that was the last time that I went ghost hunting. It might have been either that or the time that um, we decided to go to the Enchanted Forest in Pasadena in the middle of the night, and we came face-to-face with a mountain lion, and we realized, wait, this is not the best idea.
4: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we were
2: really young at the time. We didn't realize. We literally came face-to-face with a mountain lion. We had to like walk back, like tread back slowly and there it just was just, just staring yeah. at you
1: as you're walking pa- backwards yep. you go oh
2: uh-huh yeah <laughs>
1: that is terrifying <laughs> i feeling i feel the shivers just thinking about that oh man yep. that's crazy yeah
2: it turns out the living was more terrifying than the dead wow. specific night wow yep
1: wow <laughs> it's interesting I fa- there was i was looking online there's this thing called phasma box and uh-huh. it's an app you can have on your phone and I think it does that. I think it scans through radio signals. And what it does is it'll, it'll, like, um, it has like a little dictionary in there or something. So it'll show you the words that it picks up through the thing. And, uh, now I don't know if there's, sh- certainly there's got to be some way to record it. You can see some of these YouTube videos where people visit, like, the graves of their friends and stuff. And they, you know, try to get stuff out of it. And, uh, that stuff just fasc- fascinates me. Um, and just thinking, how does all that work together? You know, this would be interesting. This just popped in my brain. Would there be a way to communicate with a spirit and help them adjust their attitude <laughs> where you could actually collaborate with them? Like, what if? would that be a mean thing if you didn't send them off? Like, if you were like, let's be partners here. Like, let's work together collectively
3: let's use what you know from the other realm
1: and what I know in this realm
3: oh there's some theories that say that and this is just a theory I don't subscribe to any opinion but some of them say that you should let them move on Mm. to the next plane to where they are they really shouldn't be here Mm. any longer this is not a place for them So, that's, (laughs) having said that, um, (laughs) I did have uh, an interesting experience, because you're talking about that collaboration with people that you've known, or communicating, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I had a friend who passed away, he was a writer for Mojo Magazine, it was a British publication for music, Mm -hmm. and um, he passed away, he was 33 of a brain tumor, and... I went to his memorial When I came home Back to my place My friend She came over And I told her about the memorial And she wasn't able to attend But she was sitting on the edge of my bed And I was sitting with my back Towards the wall At the front of the bed And she was reading the memorial Out loud And talking to him You know like Hey Ben I really wish I could have been there and you were such a wonderful person and so incredible to know and she's kind of talking like that. And I'm sitting there watching this smoke come from her backside and it's just curling and coming behind her. but I did not see that's the thing. I didn't I didn't like react the way you would think. Like, oh my God, what's that? Or be alarmed in any way. Instead, I was looking at it in fascination with a knowing that there was something natural and normal about it. And that's what I've always experienced whenever I've had ghostly encounters. You would think you'd be scared or alarmed, or it'd be shocking or jolting in some kind of way. But instead, You just know that there's nothing unusual or strange actually going on. So, this smoke is billowing up, and there's all this glitter. There's silver glitter in the smoke. Now, here's the interesting part I wasn't saying a word, I was just looking at it in a fascinating way. And it suddenly curls up and comes in front of, you know, travels in front of my friend's face. And she saw it and she jumped up and ran across the room and sat on the couch and was quiet for about five or ten seconds and then said, I think we just had a visitation. And I go, yeah, I know we did because we both saw the same. She told me, too. She goes, I saw this smoke and glitter and, and I did, too. So I knew that I didn't imagine it. You know, it wasn't an imagination at all. It was, is a reality, and it was him coming to say hello or goodbye, <laughs> every way, and, um, yeah, but, you know, when my, my grandfather was passing away from can- um, cancer, and he was living in the Palmdale area, and I was visiting him, and he was, um, one foot here and one foot over there, basically transitioning, and, um, I remember stroking his hair and telling him how grateful I was for having him as a grandfather and how wonderful he was and how, how to, what a great job he did. And I was crying and I was just sobbing uncontrollably. Uh, I was not expecting his death. I had just visited him with my mother two weeks ago prior to that. And um, I didn't realize how sick he was so i was very much sobbing uncontrollably suddenly i feel all these hands on my back my back was covered with hands they were angels they were spirits they were something but i had all these hands on my back and suddenly i felt that everything's okay this is natural this is normal there's nothing wrong everything is at peace and at rest and in alignment and perfect and that's what I got from those hands on my back. And there was nobody in the room. But they were so unmistakable, those hands covering my back, unmistakable. Wow. And the transformation that occurred from that, There was, it was absolutely undeniable. Wow. It was incredible. You know, so... there's nothing unusual about it i i lived in another haunted house (laughs) and my my neighbor who lived it's kind of like a duplex sort of place and i asked him do you did you ever have experiences because i am and he said oh yeah you know one time i woke up and this guy's like saying my name he's wearing all denim and standing at the corner of my bed and i said oh my god did you not scream and want to run out and he goes no See, that's what I'm talking about. You know, you think you're going to be so freaked out and run out. But instead, he said, I'm just kind of annoyed. And I kind of like turned over on my side and was thinking, I hope you'd go away. It was more just sort of, <laughs> you know, that kind of reaction. Wow. Yeah. Can I go back to sleep now?
4: Wow. Yeah.
3: Interesting, huh? So. So, yeah, I I don't know what the moral of the story is, but
1: (laughs) it's out there (laughs) and it's in here, you know,
3: (laughs) but I think the moral of the story is we're all energy. Okay, And just Mm -hmm. because we don't have our clothes, our earthly, you know, perishable body that's made up of ingredients you can find at a hardware store just because we don't have that doesn't mean we don't exist and really our bodies really are like clothes you know if we took our clothes off does that mean hey I don't exist anymore absolutely not it's just a covering and it's not even a vessel that contains because energy is omnipresent and can travel anywhere any time it is limitless and the more that we realize that and the more that we relate to ourselves as energy the more life will make sense, and the more limitless we will live our lives. So, and that's the reason why dead people and sleeping people look very different, <laughs> right? Um,
1: is, is it time to shut down? The, shut down the time, right? Two oh, thirty. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, we could. Okay, great, great, great. Okay. Um, we're going to play a song here. This is a guy, I, I, I promise I'd play a song on the radio. He's friends with uh, uh, a family friend, and she asked if I wouldn't mind playing this song. So this guy, um, his song is called Stargazing, which is great because you got a song called Stars, right? Uh, this is called Stargazing, and his name is Dylan Bernard, but his uh, but he goes by Gray. So here is Stargazing by... Great. That was Stargazing by Gray. Uh, So Sterling has to skedaddle. Um, Having said that, I want her to be able to give you little giblets of uh, cosmic information before she leaves.
3: Yeah, so if anyone wants to master the manifestation process... Feel free to call me for a free consultation, a half-hour free consultation, and find out if it's something that you're ready for. Is it right for you? Of course it is, because you're a human being, and you have every (laughs) right to, it's your birthright to master the manifestation process, because guess what? You're a creative being, and guess what? Life is a series of creations, and experiencing those creations. And guess what? If you you can guarantee your experiences are going to be awesome and exactly what you want, if you know how to create intentionally and consciously. So um, yeah, call me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, get a hold of her. So then you can maybe you could be one of the lucky few uh, golden ticket winners for the uh, retreat. GetYourLifeNow.com dot get Thank you, Sterling, for coming by. Hi. Uh, so I, I just I just think this is absolutely miraculous that you hear you you had this documentary last night. Yeah, about no, the prohibition the here. This story thing. comes out of here.
2: That's the funniest thing because I was literally thinking, you know, just listening to this documentary against my will while I was against trying to, my will <laughs> while I was trying to go to sleep. I'm like, I wonder what this is going to bring into my life because I know that all these things, especially as you're going to sleep, because that puts you you know your brain in just like yeah. you know, a different state uh, where it's really receptive. Uh, so I just I knew that something from that was going to manifest, and it did. So that's really funny.
5: That's, God,
1: I just love how it works, and I it's it's one of my favorite things ever to talk. It's my preferable thing to t- <laughs> to talk about subject to talk about. If if I my dream my my utopian dream is uh, this is a, just a piece of it, but to. Uh, have conversations like this all day long, and can you just imagine how enlightened you'd feel as you're walking through each and every single day? Just how enlightened you'd feel, and, yeah. and how just, you know, if, if imagine if these were the kinds of conversations that were going on at the, at the uh, on the buses, on the sub, uh, subways, on the street corners, while they're waiting across the street. Um, parents talking to their children about this, you know, yeah. about how to manifest. Oh, my God, could you imagine that? How awesome. That would be.
2: And it would be a world full of so much abundance because people wouldn't have those same kinds of limitations. And it would just be, you know, I think it would end so many of the world's problems. Oh my God, yeah. Because we don't need all of this disharmony. We really don't. And once we, you know, really understand that for ourselves and realize that, you know, peace and joy is the vibration to live in it really changes everything.
1: It really does. It's it. I mean, it's interesting when you, when you, when you're able to transform that idea of us versus them, there's so little out there. It's competition. I got to beat out these people. Oh my God. it takes so much energy yeah. to worry about that. When you're in that competition mindset all the time, like, okay, who's, who's going to try to beat me out of the park? Okay. <laughs> who's going to try to, you know, oh my god could you imagine that that's why that's why people get wrinkles so fast and you know and their hair turns gray so fast there's all that stress ah. but if it was just, just straight out of the gate it, talk none of cooperation. of have any
2: wrinkles abundance. we really don't I mean it's
1: nuts it's crazy I think the youthful when you're, when you have, when you're youthful at heart there's, there's quite a difference yep. there in how everything is affected Having said that, I'm gonna play uh, "Crystal Cl- Clear."
3: Awesome. And
1: uh, I don't think I've ever played this one on the radio before. So we're gonna we're gonna play "Crystal Clear" by Blythe Baines. Um, you'll see her at the uh, wh- what is it? What is it? what is what, what, m- what music ceremony is it? Is it the m- not Emmys? No, no, no. It's a uh, Grammys. 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 <laughs> look, look for Blythe Baines. You're listening to this in the future, so you already have seen her on the Grammys. So <laughs> here we go.
4: You just yeah. heard
1: uh, uh, "Crystal Clear" by Blythe Baines. You know, it's so interesting. I, this was a synchronicity, and I, I don't even remember if I even put it on the podcast. So you're hearing it right now for the first time. When I came out of uh, the Yachtly Cruise show, we played at the Viper Room um, on Friday, and uh, I just—it was—we were all breaking down the equipment and all this stuff, and I just happened to see these people with their with their uh, captain's hats standing on the corner about to cross. And I just ran up to him to thank them for coming out to the show. And and I'm looking at this girl. So there's a girl and this guy. I go, thank you two for for coming out to the show. And she she turns, because I just saw the side side view. And she turns, and I'm like, wait, 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 I know you. And it was a a woman I was was in Black Pumpkin with. And I'm like, how did you hear about this show? Wait, did you know I was in this show? And she's like, no, I didn't even know you were even in this band. you know, I just happened to be here uh, because one of my friends just happened to mention – this thing and now and I'm like what the heck this is crazy that here you are I mean it's amazing how this stuff how all Venn diagrams then when I was yes. at the show too there's a guy who's sitting in a booth okay let's see let me think of the intertwinings of this there are three or four of these intertwinings so there's a there's there's this little this little Asian guy who's on uh, two broke girls which I never I never saw that show but I guess he was like the owner of this thing um, it turns out that he had seen us play before at the Viper Room. And it turns out that our, our drummer is is also a locksmith. He's got a job as a locksmith. So he, he, one of his clients was this guy. And so our drummer you know, just handed him a postcard. He goes, you're in Yachtley Crew? I just saw you guys and I, at the Starlight Bowl. That's what it was. I just saw you guys at the Starlight Bowl. And we're, we're like, this is so freaking crazy. So it turns out within that booth that that guy who's on the tv show happened to be friends with a guy that i had met through another friend of mine long ago and he already planned out to come see the show he had no idea i was in this band i mean there were just Uh. stacks and stacks of of these synchronicities that were just just piling up and you know and when you're oh man when you're excited like that we've talked about this before when you're excited about it it just keeps inviting it in keeps inviting it in it just keeps going oh you like that huh okay well here (laughs) yeah and then you know what it inspires you to give them more curveballs you're like okay Okay, let's see you do this one. Yeah, hit that one out of the park. And sure enough, every time and you just go, wow. And then it just inspires you more and yep. more to th- think <laughs> of even crazier ideas. Because especially if you think about it in that sense that you were talking about earlier, about not placing something on a pedestal yeah. and just treating like, okay, well, I manifested the cup of coffee. Uh, I'm manifesting, you know, million downloads for my song, you know, or whatever it and may be. I
2: really think that thinking of it as like setting a spot in a GPS is like a great way to do it because – You know, when when you set like a a location and a GPS, you're not wondering like, "Am I gonna get there?" You're you're saying, "Okay, now I'm letting the GPS direct me," and that's the soul. I'm letting the soul now direct me to where I'm supposed to be. The intention that I have set,
1: and especially if you've formed a relationship with it in such a way where it's a partnership, like, "Hey, we're working together here. We're cooperating together," and I know that you appreciate. The, the love I've been giving you, and you know that I appreciate the love you're... And it's this beautiful reciprocation thing. It's like, why would either one of us want to break break that yeah, off? Yeah, no, exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's
1: so great, because then you're going, you know what? Let's put it in the GPS. You just go ahead and take care of that. I'll let you figure out how all the, how you're going to surprise me with all this crazy stuff. Because I think, you know, it's so interesting. I think once I started treating my relationship with the universe like I treat it with my friends, you know, the golden rule, the cooperation, the reciprocation kind of aspect... And I started treating it like that. Then it was, okay, we're working together in this thing. And don't you forget it. You know, we're working together in this thing. So, you know, just as a friend might like to set up a surprise birthday party for you, well, guess who else might like to do that universe (laughs) in setting up these crazy circumstances for you? Because, my gosh, if humans could do it, certainly the universe could do it because the universe made us. I was just thinking on the way here about, you know, just that idea about how every single thing has a consciousness about how every single thing has its has its its life you know and especially if we we keep playing with that idea of past lives and all that jazz then you know this is a lesson that's that's something you know someone or some something someone something is 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 learning right now you know and then I'll, who knows what the next thing it'll become um like in that Dolores Cannon book she she when she takes these people through their past life regressions you know there are stories in there where someone is uh, one of the beginning molecules of making the the ocean on the earth. You know, there's another one where they're, they're the molecules of, of what's helping form the atmosphere. There's one where they're a hawk and they can see and they know how they're seeing through the hawk's eyes. There's another one where they go, wow, you know, I'm a rock and boy, is this a long life sitting here. <laughs> a long patient <days laughs> life. And so it's really interesting when you think about that. And um, and then when you continue just playfully working with that imagination, just sculpting into existence, my gosh.
2: Yeah, and as long as you're doing it with the vibration of, like, this is fun, I'm having a good time, then it really does produce that kind of a result. So you got to have fun with it. Never get stressed out over manifesting anything. Just have fun with it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Before we go... Oh gosh, we went over a little bit here, but before we go, let me ask you, Nick. Um, what what would you say um, are some of the most recent manifestations that perhaps you have experienced that you can just kind of think of off the off the off the top of your head?
5: Oh gosh. Synchronicities. I mean, that was pretty recent. The whole what just happened right now. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty strong. Wow. Cause I was actually Dad, gonna. To it. I was actually ah, gonna I'll bring my pendant in my pocket with me today, but I I was just. You were
1: gonna bring that pendant. You were gonna bring that with you. Yeah, well, pocket.
5: mine's like bone and it's like sketched in mm-hmm. or something. But um, yeah, I had it next to my like stuff, but I just spaced out.
2: Oh, that's awesome. And. It.
5: And yeah, no, I mean, there's that, and then um, I mean, it's not really uh, a synchronicity, but uh, I was trying to buy a singing bowl for like the past. Few months. What for the past few months? Uh, I was trying to buy a singing bowl. It's a Tibetan singing bowl, and the guy that I go to was like, "No, you can't buy these." And I'm just like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, they're not." You can't they're, buy these. He wanted me to have a really special sounding one, so he went to Nepal, got me this singing bowl. I finally have it, and it's like it's doing its thing. So. Is yeah. It's healing? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it it's really lightened the space up from win that spirit is there, but yeah it's I mean that's about I'm stretching here but yeah
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no that's fantastic I'm just I'm just happy when you you get a chance to when you when you feel comfortable enough or you're willing to just jump right into sharing any of your wisdom because yeah. you got so much you got so much that um that's why it's that's why it's also great like even if even if guests aren't able to show up to the show I know you'll be here, and you, you, we're going to have an, an amazing conversation because of all that's, the crazy stuff that you know.
5: I didn't have my coffee today. Me. That's all right.
1: That's all right. <laughs> all right, folks. So we're going to we're going to bust out of here. Um, we're going to bust out of here, and um, so, uh, Blythe, are there any any parting words that maybe you'd like to?
2: Uh, just thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a great day. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at Blythe Baines, B-L-Y-T-H-E-B-A-I-N-E-S. Uh, keep listening to this show because it's awesome, and you guys talk about such amazing things, and I love that. Um, yeah.
1: Thank
4: you.
2: <laughs>
1: All right, folks, with that, we are going to uh, send you off with the, uh, with the official Inspirato Projecto bookend here, and uh, we'll see you next time.